1: I scripted an intro. Right. I like this one. Okay. <laughs> We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello, ho ho, and welcome to the World Cricket Show, ho ho. My name is Adam Bayfield, and I'm your ho ho host. And sat across from me, sat across from me as always, is Tohoho Nika. Unbelievable. Thanks very much, i say was that good. as a compliment. It was an interesting intro.
0: <laughs> very interesting. How long did it take you to come up with that one?
1: Uh, well, when did we last do an episode?
0: Is this why? Because I keep saying, like, when are we going to do the next pod?
1: And you're like, no, we can't do it yet. We're not ready. Uh, that's been about three weeks. Yeah, it's, it has actually taken me this long. Uh, but I think you'll agree it was worth it. Listeners certainly
0: <laughs> I think that will have made a lot of Christmases. Merry Christmas time. And to you, nice jumper.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm wearing uh, one of my three Christmas jumpers. You are,
0: you're so 2014. <laughs> it actually hurts.
1: Uh, well, I thought I'd better make an effort because this, of course, is our Christmas special. <laughs> our annual World Cricket Show Christmas Spectacular. And uh, we've got a raft of celebrity guests lined up once again. Uh, well you saw it Tone it's a jam-packed green room out there isn't it with them yeah this doesn't really work anymore because I don't know any celebrities I'm not very plugged in Tone as you know I don't know anyone I don't know anyone that the kids are into anymore Ariana Grande is that someone famous I don't know 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 who they are
0: I actually saw a trailer for uh,
1: uh, who are the kids into these days Blue Wheatus
0: (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch is probably that's that's all anybody's talking about (laughs) isn't it that's all anyone cares about apparently Sorry, you yeah. a trailer? Uh, well, no, I so I just said before, I watched a you know, political debate programme, Sky Plus. Question Time. Uh, question Time, exactly. And at the start of the recording, it caught a, a trailer for a Friday night chat show. Graham Norton? Fr- yeah, Graham Norton, exactly. Okay. But you know, normally Question Time annoys me, and as it does, I think, you, you know, just for the variously what happens on it. Ridiculous. Uh, but I was already annoyed watching that, because I just didn't know. I was like, I don't care about any of these people. Who was on it? Jude Law.
1: Well, he, how is, I, I, I've, I've heard of ju- him. You've heard of him, yeah. but how is he still, I don't, what's he been doing? Yeah, but he's know. more on the lines of someone who, how is he still around? Exactly. Whereas That'd I don't be. know. But I can remember the, the others.
0: I can remember the others.
1: You know, I'm, I'm quite happy. Give me a Jude Law. Give me a, a Molly Ringwald. You know, I'm... I'm I don't I'm, know who that I'm, is. I'm only, that's even older, 80s. You
0: feel safe in the, in Jude Law's arms.
1: Yeah, exactly. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's just these new these new kids. I don't know, Lana Del Rey is she famous? Well, yeah. These are names I've heard. I don't know who they are.
0: <laughs> Wikipedia, have you heard of that?
1: Uh, well, anyway, yeah. So we've got a, a whole load of uh, of Christmas things, celebrity guests. Uh, but we'll also be talking about cricket tonight. We'll be discussing Australia's win over India in Adelaide, uh, and we'll also be talking about England's ongoing struggles in Sri Lanka, which I'm not especially looking forward to. I have to say. Uh, but how are you doing anyway, Tony? It's been a few weeks. Are you feeling festive? Are you feeling Christmassy yet? Averagely so, I think.
0: Averagely? Yeah. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Trees up, lights are on.
1: So on a scale of 1 to 10, you're feeling 5 on the Christmas scale. You- Probably about that. You've not got a Christmas jumper on, but you, know, you, may be, you may be whistling Good King Wenceslas as you walk around the house or...
0: I don't know, but I'm getting, I've got kind of confused as I've got older about it. Yeah, about I've it noticed all. that. Yeah, because yeah. everyone says that, oh, I'm not really, you know, Christmas seems to have snuck up on us. I'm not really feeling very Christmassy. That's, that, yeah, I have that conversation four or five times a day <laughs> yeah, in well, kind of small have been talk situations. That,
1: that you keep bringing it up and getting a bit annoyed
0: with <laughs> <a> it. <laughs> 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 but... But, but it's because now, because like the, the, you know, the big corporations, the big, the big shops... Here we go, start, Brand. <laughs> here we go, yeah. Bankers, banker bonuses. A living wage. <laughs> uh, because they start their Christmas nonsense, you know, early. And that is, that's also like a, a cliched ramble of, a, you know, somebody's going on a bit, is that Christmas is starting too early now. It's starting in mid-September, they say. But it means that when you first... You know, the first kind of throes of Christmas, uh, societally on the tv or whatever you know you're annoyed about it. you're like oh i don't care about this so you put it off and then it's too late by the time you do decide you want it you want a piece
1: i think the thing of people saying it doesn't feel christmasy yet is because people are remembering last christmas and they're remembering christmas day last christmas which does feel christmasy and they're like it doesn't really feel like that but it will on, on christmas <laughs> day uh but i mean i i'm you know i'm going the full nine yards I, i'll you know full disclosure i love christmas time i love christmas uh, and the older I get, the more I love it. Probably more excited about Christmas now than I was when I was a kid. Wow. Well, you can tell from one of the three Christmas jumps I'm wearing. I think I might be wearing a Christmas T-shirt underneath as well. Wow. Uh, on Friday night, going with a few a few mates, uh, going going round a, a friend's house and watching It's a Wonderful Life, which I'm looking forward to very much. Although, should I say that? I don't know that I am looking forward to it necessarily because I will end up crying <laughs> at the end. And it's a little bit... like. You watch a movie, you cry a little bit at the end, you know, a few tears. Like, that's endearing. People are like, oh, that's sweet. But it's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Like, it's actually a little bit awkward, uh, the amount that I cry. It's a wonderful life, just blubbing uncontrollably. So I'm not sure I'm necessarily looking forward to that, because, as you know, Tan, I've got, I'm very much got a reputation as a bit of a, a hard man. <laughs> tough, as, tough as old boots, they say. Oh, Adam, oh, yeah, he's hard as nails. And I'm not sure I want to, you know, kind of, yeah, I, I want not to see behind the
0: curtain. Like Publicly. That. Dangerous, dangerous to be bold. I don't know. Someone said I've had suggestions that the Christmas jumper might be the new novelty tie. I've seen that mentioned. What does that mean? Uh, well, I don't know, and I don't know which side of the you know which side of falling on. I don't know what the what the point well, is. The, the point is that the point is that you know I, I, I don't know. It's become like this ubiquitous thing that uh, you know. I think I might have said this last year. I probably did, <laughs> and the year before. But you know, every people just like you, you just wear your Christmas jumper from like December the first for a month.
1: Well, that's why I bought three, because it was, to, to rotate. It was starting to uh, get a bit whiffy.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know about the whole thing, really. <laughs> what, Christmas? Yeah. No, it is all right, actually,
1: isn't it? <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Christmas. It's all right, Tony Kerr. Uh, okay, let's talk about some cricket, shall we? Uh, Hold on. I feel like we should sing some carols at the end of this episode. Wow. I'm just putting it out, though. When you say some carols, (laughs) you uh, you
0: know, uh, you could be persuaded to I might sing the first verse and one chorus of one
1: song. (laughs) Okay. I'll take you off on that. Around the world. Let's kick off the show with the item Around the World, where we talk about things that have been happening around the world. Now, you, the last episode that we recorded was, of course, uh, right in the immediate aftermath of the death of Philip Hughes. Uh, now, only a week or so later, Australia were back on the field, uh, taking on India at Adelaide. Uh, now, in many ways, it was remarkable that they, that they managed to get this test series on the road so quickly. Obviously, the, the first test was delayed, um, so it ended up being what was it four or five days l- later the start than it was scheduled. but even so, um, it was uh, pretty soon after um, those events that, that cricket was being played again. Um, and it turned out to be one of the most remarkable tests in recent years, both because of everything that led up to it, uh, and also because of the game itself, because it was a fantastic game. Australia batting first declared on 5,17 for seven, uh, a quick 500 from David Warner, uh, an unbeaten 162 from Steve Smith, and a quite extraordinary 128 from Michael Clark, retiring hurt on day one when he was on 60, but coming back uh, on the second day to complete his 100. India uh, ground their way to 404 uh, with Virat Kohli, uh, who was captaining for this game, uh, making 115. Nathan Lyon took five for 134. Uh, There was rain at various times in the match, uh, and Australia in their second innings declared on 290 for five, which was a target of 364, but because of the rain, they didn't really have time to to stretch it much further than that. David Warner with his second century of the game, 102, um so yeah india chasing 364 uh, were in trouble at 57 for 2 uh, but then a quite fantastic partnership between kohli and murli vj meant that they were still only 2 wickets down at t uh, they were 242 for 2 uh, with vj on 99 kohli on 100 and very much looking favorites for the win but then it all changed nathan lyon running through the tourists uh taking seven wickets in that innings and eventually india were all out for 315 um, a real collapse at the end there, which meant that Australia won by 48 runs. So this was an astonishing Test match, Tone. Uh, an Australian win, 100 for Michael Clark, uh, a thrilling final day. You know, could it have delivered much more? No. It,
0: it's been quite a crazy few weeks, and I, alongside this match, you know, I'm sure you'll come to it. You know, uh, the the Clark injury, the appointment of a new captain, and this Test match. You know, it's it's been pretty remarkable. And some unbelievable performances uh, you know, in the game. You know, some of the batting from well, the players that batted well. Warner. Uh, you know, Warner Smith. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, I some, some of the shots that uh, Smith was playing were uh, went ridiculous.
1: Kind of, Smith is an odd cricketer, isn't he? Because he did come onto the scene as a leg spinner who could bat a bit. And I feel like people, there's this kind of revisionism going on where people are talking about him as he was always this marked out as this bright. Prospect to you know be the linchpin of Australia's batting, and that's just not how he was perceived at the start of his career. No, I mean he
0: he, he looked a bit like Shane Warne. He was kind of quite could, could look like a looked a bit master word like a pug.
1: Yes, yes, yeah,
0: quite kind of was well, I don't even, you know what like, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yes, yeah. He looked he looked yeah you know, kind of quite some sort of bolshy
1: young man, wasn't he when he when he first arrived? But yeah, for a while in the in the 2010 Ashes series they. Recalled him to the side, and one of the main reasons they gave came was because he's a funny bloke. <laughs> they liked having him around the dressing room. There's really not this kind of you know new uh, new Ricky Ponting that people are now talking about him as though that was what he was always you know set to be.
0: Yeah, I think you know clearly it's an it's an astonishing rise.
1: Yeah, and he deserves so much credit. And he deserves he's a lot of So hard. Yeah,
0: and and you know and probably the Australian board as well. Probably yeah, you know, I think it's it's a bold move, and it, you know it rewards. Someone who has done well because and has strong. Because he's
1: been made captain. Yeah.
0: yeah. But sorry, to come back to the match. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what more could you want from a game of cricket,
1: really? I mean, well, we did. We wondered how the fast bowlers would approach it, you know, after everything that had happened. And there was a somewhat tentative start in that regard, and understandably so. But gradually, normal service was resumed and bouncers were bowled. And speaking of the bowlers, uh, Sean Abbott is back playing in the Sheffield Shield and actually took a six for the other day uh, in his first game back which is obviously good news. So that was an interesting aspect of the match. Uh, but it was just in isolation, ignoring everything that led up to it. It was a, an incredible game of cricket. And like I say, at 2.42 for two on the final day, with one batsman on 100, the other on 99, 122 runs needed for victory. India were big favourites at that point. So for Australia to you know, end up winning, and actually end up winning by 40-plus runs, was just a great exhibition of well, skill, firstly, but also persistence and you know, sheer bloody mindedness. Um, So it was, it was just a great, great test match. And nice to see Nathan Lyon taking wickets as well, because he did, he had a tough time of it in the UAE. And he's, he has been an underrated cricketer, I think for Australia at times. Like I'm still not necessarily sure that he's, you know, he's he's not a world-class spin bowler in the class of, well, certainly not of a Warn, but even of a Swan or someone like that. But he is a, a very decent test match cricketer. And he got 12 wickets in the match. Uh, and he, of course, was a player who was on the field when when Hughes was struck, so I think more than most um it it's nice to see him performing so well in this game.
0: We did wonder than we last time you know quite how long the kind of repercussions would last of uh, they probably they will last for a long long time, but actually everyone got stuck in pretty quickly, and it probably helped Sean Abbott that you know this test match was going on at the same time, you know it, whilst there was obviously a lot of interest in his return. Yeah, for this to be yeah. for this to be happening as well. A little bit more under the radar. Yeah, exactly. Took, took the edge off slightly. So, yeah, I mean, good stuff all around.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic scenes on the final day. And, you know, the the atmosphere was great. And, you know, Australia, when those wickets were tumbling and you could just see how much it meant to the Australian players. Um, so it will go down as one of Australia's all-time greatest wins, I think, or at least all-time most important wins, uh, because it was a real kind of cathartic moment. Although in purely cricketing terms, you could imagine that this win will in the long run be overshadowed by the news about Michael Clarke because, yeah, as I say, he had to retire hurt at one point and that was because of his back. Um, But then later on in the game, he picked up a fresh hamstring injury and this is not the same leg where he had a hamstring injury before. Um, This is a new injury. He's going to have to have surgery. He's going to miss the rest of the series, almost certainly the World Cup. And actually in a press conference after the game, he considered that he might never play again. Uh, and now, if that's the case, that's just a hammer blow for Australia, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, a hamstring injury. Is, yeah, it's obviously a few weeks, a few maybe a couple of months out. depending do know how bad it is, but it just seems like his body is failing. Is but um, not... yeah, maybe I don't know, he's not that old, is he? He's got well, he's, he's thirty three. Yeah, he's got yeah. In in purely numbers terms, he has got time to go. Uh,
1: yeah, you may- think he'd probably have two or three more years left in him, but he is entering that stage where injuries could potentially be more kind of permanently damaging than they would have been four or five years ago
0: yeah absolutely but <clears throat> then maybe you know maybe a few weeks on the sidelines with hamstring injury you know time to ease up the back as well and, and you know just generally have a bit of rest uh I I, I don't know but you know uh, on a side note you know it might be a good time probably a good time from you know in, in some respects to to pass it on yeah, and you he, know, after the, after the couple of weeks of having you know, the way he handled it, and and then you know scoring a century, yeah, it, it seems quite, quite kind of a fitting moment.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I mean, he has been so impressive over the last few weeks, hasn't he? And you know, cricket fans around the world have felt a huge amount of pride. I think in Michael Clarke um, that he is the sort of ambassador for the game, representative for the game, um, because he has had to handle a literally unprecedented situation, and he's done it really well. If you can ever handle this kind of situation well just in terms of his injuries he probably shouldn't have played this game but he did and he scored a century and if he, you know even if he doesn't ever play again I don't think he, he will regret having played in Adelaide like he said this was the most important test of his career and that's right and he may well have been quite hasty in saying that there's a chance to never play again but it is true that over the last year or two he's really struggled with a variety of injuries. And he just can't seem to get himself fit. So definitely concerning for Australia. So all the jubilation at the end of that test win, actually, there's really bad news to have come out of this game because he would just be a massive loss. Both well, both for the for the game as a whole, but especially for Australia. You know, Clark for a long time he was he was very precocious, wasn't he, and not not the most likable cricketer around. But I think since he took the captaincy four years ago, you know, he's matured and become arguably the most respected cricketer in the world certainly after the last few weeks and as a as a man as a leader he's going to be very difficult to replace and as a batsman as well you know since taking that captaincy he's he's gone up another level or two with the bat as well there was that time a couple of years back where he was just scoring double centuries for fun he's got twenty eight test hundreds with an average just a shade under fifty one you know whatever happens he is going to go down as one of the great batsmen of this century so far I mean maybe it's a little bit different now a couple of years ago he was propping up the Australian batting lineup, wasn't he, on his own? And there was a sense, certainly in that 2013 Ashes series in England, there was a sense that if England got Clark out cheaply, then it was pretty much game over. And that's not quite the case now, because Warner and Smith have stepped up and are scoring runs more consistently even than he is at this point. But nonetheless, both in terms of his batting and also his presence in the team, I mean, England are going to, you know, it, they will feel a, a good deal more confident going into the Ashes next summer if Clock isn't there, yeah.
0: He? He's been a big part of, of taking Australia from a situation where it genuinely looked like they wouldn't be competitive for you know, years. Uh, and yeah, you know, his performances and captaincies underpinned quite a remarkable turnaround, really. Yeah, hugely impressive. Uh, yeah, and it, it does bode very well for England, although a shame in terms of the purely the contest that if he's not there. Be interesting I, no, mean, I, I, a,
1: I really hope he is there as an England fan it yeah it makes a, it much more entertaining and interesting
0: yeah it's a good target for him to have isn't it really to cross the same really it's a good target for him to have uh, to come back and and try and win a uh, win a tour in england
1: you've got to feel sorry for India, their job in this narrative was always very much to get beaten wasn't it um so full credit to them for getting so close to a victory especially <laughs> it up. especially because they uh, you know they were a long way behind in the game at one point, and then they ended up getting pretty close and certainly at T on day five. As I say, they were the favourites, and it, just all round it was quite an encouraging display, given how poor they were in the back end of that series against England, given how poor they were the last time they were in Australia. But they still lost the game, and it is a fourth defeat in a row, um, and a fifth defeat in a row in Australia. They were competitive this time, but you know still not necessarily what they wanted, and there's a possibility that Adelaide will be the ground that they enjoy most on this trip. It's, it's the Gabba next up. And they might well find that quite a bit more difficult. Um, but, you know, an astonishing display from Virat Kohli um, is one big thing that they can take out of the game. On his captaincy debut, uh, twin hundreds, his seventh and eighth Test Match hundreds. Is there anything he can't do, Tone?
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, In terms of this game and all the importance and, and, and the significance of it, yeah, for the, the captains and, you know, and what a huge moment for Coley is. Yeah, what a huge event. Uh, and to, to turn up and do that, you know, I mean, he'll be gutted that they, he didn't see the moment. That's probably what he didn't do.
1: Well, you could see when when he got out, he hoisted Nathan Lyon out to the, uh, the mid-wicket boundary. Uh, well, Mitchell Marsh took one of the more nervous catches I've ever seen. <laughs> but Cody just stood there on the pitch for well, I was going to say 10 minutes, but that's not really true. <laughs> but for about 30 seconds, he just could not believe it. He was so gutted and, you know, understandably so, because he had played so well on, on a fifth-day track, under pressure, big, big total to chase down. You know, that that was a, a tremendous innings.
0: Both him and Clark, in many ways, are, you know, another reminder, really, that, or a rem- reminder, that, you know, in cricket, you know, players that have been around for ages, they, you know, they don't, they don't come good, really, until, apart from the, the freaks, you know. The absolute freaks you know, players that you think are precocious, uh, slightly arrogant youngsters that you, you don't always do it. You know, players like Cody and Clark have just become phenomenally good players. Yeah, you know, after t- you know, they take time to you know, to bed in. And
1: well, that's true of Cody in Test cricket, perhaps not so much in One Day cricket. You know, he's got 21 One Day International centuries, which means that this was his 30th international century, uh, almost a third of the way to Sachin's <laughs> total, and he's only just turned 26. Not necessarily impossible. The rate at which he's scoring one-day one international centuries, he's got one more century than Kumar Sangakkara in ODI cricket.
0: Well, Yeah, he's not had a phenomenal year in test cricket, though, has he? Well, no, that's very true. It depends where your your priorities lie.
1: Well, of course, and certainly for, for me uh, and and for fans in England, the, the priority is very much test cricket. But in India, it's probably not gone unnoticed just what a phenomenon he is in, in ODI cricket. And if he can translate that, transfer that into uh, the test arena as well, then boy, have we got a player on our hands, Tane. What's going to happen in the rest of the series then, Tane? There's three tests to go. Can India come back or do you think Australia are unstoppable now that they're out in front? Mitchell Johnson didn't have a major influence on that first game, but with with the Gabba still to come uh, and Melbourne and Sydney as well, it's not going to be easy for India to get back into it.
0: No, you'd think not. 2-0. Interesting. Couple of draws. You
1: see two draws. Couple of draws. Couple of draws. Couple of Jaws, eh? See a couple of Jaws. Uh, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It's a very difficult one. Yeah, I, I definitely think Australia will win at this point. Uh, and if they do win in Brisbane, you'd worry about the whitewash, wouldn't you? But I'll go for 3-1. I think the predictions is probably the most boring part of the show, would you say? It's up there, isn't it? England. This is the part of the show where we talk about England. Uh, Now, England got their World Cup warm-up underway with a seven-match one-day series in Sri Lanka. Uh, We're recording this on Monday night, Monday, December 15th, so there's still one game left to play. That's tomorrow in Colombo. But it is a dead rubber because Sri Lanka have won the series. Uh, They are 4-2 up with that one game to play. Uh, Sri Lanka won the first two games very comfortably, you'd have to say. Um, But then England bounced back uh, and won the third game uh, with some good batting from Josh Butler and Joe Root. Then Sri Lanka won the fourth game to go 3-1 up. England fought back to win the fifth game with 100 from Joe Root. Uh, But then eventually, uh, a brilliant 100 from Kumar Sangakara in the sixth match in Pala Kelly put Sri Lanka out of sight. In fact, Sangakara has just been fantastic in general all through the series. So there's one game to play, Tone, uh, but it is going to end in a Sri Lanka victory, whatever happens. Another defeat for England. They haven't won a bilateral ODI series since... Uh, they were in New Zealand almost two years ago now. What's been your verdict on this series? Is it more evidence that England are just going nowhere as a one day team? Or have they actually done reasonably well to win two games in Sri Lanka? Where, where, where do you stand on that? Uh, I mean, well, it, it
0: was fairly predictable that we'd be getting to this last game with the series already settled. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone really expected a huge amount, did they?
1: That's true, but. It's also probably true that we expected that when we got to the fifth game and the sixth game that the series would already be settled, and that isn't what happened.
0: True, true. Uh, no, there have been some useful performances, uh, you know, individually, in the team, or, you know, with both bat and ball. But you know, there's still a lot of, you know, a lot of the same questions,
1: mm. and there's, it's not, not great. Many being
0: answered, really question to be answered. I mean, you know, Cooks Cook still doesn't look like he belongs there at all. You know, it's seven matches, you could argue, uh, seven wasted matches in a sense that, you know, this World Cup is probably going to be another wasted World Cup in terms of build, you know, if they're they're building, they're kind of building a a castle out of sand, aren't they? It's not even a castle. It's like a mound of sand. (laughs) (laughs) It's Like a shape, a shapeless mound of sand.
1: I like building sand castles just Thought I'd put that out there. Yeah, after, after Christmas, it's probably one of my <laughs> favourite things. Um, no, I mean, it is, it's pretty pathetic, isn't it? Like, I do feel like, oh, it's not too bad. Uh, you know, oh, I'm going to have done all right, actually, won two games. But, you know, for England as one of the big three, uh, and, you know, just as one of the, certainly financially, as one of the, uh, the biggest teams around the world, I think yeah, you know, I mean, that's really the not- idea that they could ever be satisfied with winning two games out of seven anywhere in the world. Is
0: pretty pathetic, I don't know I mean. how useful that is, though the the concept of the big three in cricket is, is it useful? If it, if it was a sport where they could buy, you know, that financial clout was translated into them being able to buy success, then
1: well, I, it's not. I don't think it literally works in terms of in terms of for every pound you spend, no, you get a certain that, but amount I mean... of success. But but it's just obviously true that you know Bangladesh, one of the major problems of Bangladesh is is the lack of funding, the lack of uh, no. That's a that's is, a debate is, for is another, is, another day, isn't it? very much so. But my point <laughs> being that. You know, for England, who do have so much money behind them, they should be much better at one-day cricket than they are.
0: They should be. People should be making better decisions than they are. Well,
1: that's very true, yeah. Yeah, and all all I'm trying to say is that, you know, maybe for a side like West Indies, uh, with the problems they're having to win two games in Sri Lanka, might not be that bad. Actually, you'd expect them to probably do a bit better than that. But for (laughs) England to win two games in Sri Lanka, that shouldn't be seen as an achievement. But it kind of feels like it is because of the troubles that they've had. Like you say, the World Cup is just not going to be pretty, is it, from an English perspective? And, and that is so disappointing because, you know, it's yet another World Cup where that's the case. And after each one, you sort of feel like, surely now something's going to change. And with this one, there's no Ashes series leading into it. There's actually no Test Cricket at all. They've had basically six months um, to really dedicate themselves to one-day cricket and prepare themselves. And you just know that it's going to be a horror show again that's pretty unforgivable really for the for like you say the people that are making the decisions
0: yeah yeah I, yeah i completely agree i mean you know whose benefit for whose benefit are we playing a seven game odi series in sri lanka I mean, if you're going to have this kind of scheduling situation yeah they it was deliberately created wasn't it to to give them that that free run into the to the world cup you know, come up with some better come up with a better some better ideas
1: well, yeah, and they, they are going to Australia to play a triangular series now, which will be much better preparation given that it's you know, in the same country. Um, well, as one of the two countries where the World Cup's going to be played. You've got to say that this series probably won't be that instructive in terms of conditions or anything like that. But it's still one-day cricket uh, and they should still be trying to get together the team that they want to play in the World Cup. And if this is the team, then that's a bit worrying. And although saying that, I actually think most of that team is close to the best team that they could pick. The, the, the big problem is the same problem that we identified, well, we weren't alone in identifying yeah. in the summer. I mean, there is a pretty big millstone around the neck of this England team. Uh, and that millstone goes by the name of Alistair Cook. Can you think of a more blindingly obvious selection decision than that Cook shouldn't be in this one-day team anymore? No. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, it's a shame because, uh, yeah, we like Alistair Cook. He's a cracking player, and you know you can understand why he wants to be involved. But he's a nice boy as well. It, it yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really make any sense why they, they persist with it.
1: Well, he hasn't made a score of any substance now for well over two years at this point, and he's just not a natural one-day player, is he? He did work really hard when he first got the captaincy, and he had a year or so where he was regularly producing scores. So it has happened in the past, but it is very much in the past because, in the scheme of things. That good runner scores is the anomaly. This isn't an anomaly. It's mm. yeah. It's it is two years now, and that is after you know struggles at the beginning of his career. He just isn't a one day player.
0: No, he's got eighty seven runs in five innings in this series at a strike rate of sixty seven, which is well, no use to I anyone. I don't
1: think he's made a score of eighty since the middle of twenty twelve, which is just pathetic, really, isn't it? And and. I wouldn't necessarily say that getting rid of Cook will solve all the problems. It's not like if you just replace Cook with Alex Hales, that will be some kind of silver bullet that will turn them into um, world champions. Like, I'm not sure that Hales is necessarily the answer. Um, But he's surely more likely to make a score than Cook. And even if he only makes 30s and 40s, he'll do it much quicker. And that will at least be something. Like you say, I feel sorry for Cook because he's a really nice guy. He's a great Test match batsman. And you can understand why, as the captain and, you know, after everything that's happened in Test Cricket as well, why he doesn't want to give up this job. But the people above him should be making that decision for him. And you do feel, I've said this before, but you feel that a huge part of it comes back to the Peterson thing. You know, basically Downton and the others kind of bet their house on Cook rather than Peterson. And they've got too much invested in him to turn back now. And, you know, if they... Get rid of Cook. They're basically admitting that they made the wrong decision, and they're too proud to do that. But you know, like I've said before, I do feel that England fans deserve better than Giles Clark's pride. Basically,
0: it's very important, Adam. Particularly this time you don't don't, you beat on the guy at Christmas? (laughs) He likes Christmas as well.
1: That's true. I'm picturing him (laughs) in a you know a little hat that he's got out of a cracker with a glass of mulled wine in front of the fire. Just with his headphones in, listening to this. <laughs> Just looking absolutely miserable. It's on Christmas Day. <laughs> looking at this series, like I say, they, they have won two games and they actually played pretty well in those two games. They may yet win tomorrow. And actually, if they, if they come out of this with a 4-3 defeat, that isn't that bad. 5 two's a bit different. So to some extent, even though it's a dead mm. rubber, there's quite a lot riding on tomorrow's game. But you know, I've been encouraged that they've at least attempted to bat with a little bit more urgency in this series, because as we know, the brand of cricket that they were playing in the summer wasn't particularly enterprising. I mean I do get frustrated with people saying, Oh, England haven't moved on from the seventies. You know, it's all, oh, we haven't played any good one day cricket since nineteen ninety two. And people talk about it, it's like they're trying to get two sixty and that's just not good enough in one day cricket anymore. Or like in modern cricket that's not good enough, as though it's in the last couple of years that this has happened. But you know, Jaya Saria and people have been around for a very long time. And actually, England did play some quite attractive one-day cricket for a while, a few years ago. Um, so they have played good one-day cricket in the past. It's just recently they haven't. So I get a bit frustrated with that narrative. But it has been a problem recently. So it is encouraging to see them finally bring in people like James Taylor. I'm not sure they, they didn't seem hugely keen to bring him in. It was only when um, Cook was banned that he finally got his chance. But he responded with two... Half centuries, and I, I do think that he, I I think he's a really good player, uh, and I think it's long overdue that he's given a run in the team. And in fact, James, if you're listening, I would say that as far as I'm concerned, you've got a friend in me, right? He's uh he's had he's had difficulty getting in the team, time. You might say he's been through fire and rain. James Taylor is a, an American singer songwriter. <laughs> not my era, mate. Not my era. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so there's some some good things. Joe Root as well has scored a fantastic 100 in the fifth game. Has batted well throughout. James Treadwell has been very, very good. So positive things, still problems. Uh, Cook being the most obvious one, but also Ravi Bapara hasn't really done much since being promoted to number five. Uh, and I'm, I I just don't think he's good enough to bat in at number five. At number seven, he looks great. At number five, not so much. Yeah, uh, I saw
0: Ravi Bapara tweeted today a photo of his hotel room. With all the fer- all the furniture had been placed on the bed, everything in the room had be placed on top of the bed, uh, and he was calling it some banter. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I'll just see who he accused.
1: Well, it's good to know they're having fun out there, anyway, isn't
0: well, it? Well, exactly. You know, you get the yeah. Uh, yeah, he says. I, I guess I deserve it for not locking my room door. Hashtag Who's done this? At Alex Hale, at Finny Steve, at Joe Wright, at Joss Butler. Lads, lads, <laughs> yeah, lads, exactly. isn't it?
1: Ladding around. There you go. Oh, they've put they've put his little uh, bedside table on that on the bed. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that is really funny. So anyway, yeah, it's not been a disaster this tour. I was very much expecting it to be seven nil, but it's also not necessarily been much of a forward step and not necessarily been that useful all round, has it?
0: Oh, I it mean, doesn't help that Sri Lanka seem to play so much one day cricket.
1: Wait, well, yeah, and someone like Sangakkara oh. is just just laughably more experienced than most of these England players, even the most experienced England players.
0: I mean, he's had a phenomenal year, hasn't he? But I mean, he's just dominated the series. He hasn't barely made a mistake.
1: And he's going to uh, retire after the World Cup, team. Hard to conceive, well J- Jaya Wunder as well, hard to conceive of you know, two more kind of central figures in any team ever. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Sri Lanka, World Cup favourites are they, Tane? Mm, no. Who are the World Cup favourites at the moment? I'm pretty sure it's Australia's favourites. Yeah. I think South Africa and India. Last time I checked, Sri Lanka were about 14-1, to 1, which I thought was a great shout.
0: Could be a value bet. Just have a quick look. We are approaching the World Cup, aren't we?
1: What does Ray Winston have to say about it? Big
0: year of cricket next year.
1: Sri Lanka, 14-1. to 1.
0: Yeah, Sri Lanka, 11s.
1: England, 11.5. Sri Lanka, 11s. <laughs> Here we go then, Tony. You ready to sing that uh, carol? What are you going to sing? Uh, let's go with "Hark, the Herald Angels Sing." Oh God! Can I get, ready? I
0: need, okay, I need to get the. <coughs> I know the first two lines. <coughs> <coughs> Can we just do the first verse then? You need to count it in. Well, I don't know what was it. One, two, three. I four? don't know. One, two. One, <laughs> one two, three, four. Yeah.
1: Hark, the. Head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh,
1: hark the herald. Is that too slow? I don't know if it's are like going too slow. Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, and mercy mild. God and sin, you know all the words, the of me? <laughs> Joyful all ye nations, rise, join the triumph
0: of the skies. With, With the angelic angel- That's a difficult line Proclaim <laughs> Christ is born in Bethlehem
1: Hark the herald angels sing Glory to, to
0: the newborn <laughs> king I really apologise <laughs> what, what do we do? Wholeheartedly oh, for that Wholeheartedly What do we do? Oh, Ding dong, I I'm, like, I'm fading <laughs> down, I'm fading <laughs> down you forget I've got the faders. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> oh well, that was weird, wasn't it? That was strange. <laughs> have, you, have you enjoyed yourself tonight, Tim?
0: Uh, yeah, it's been all right actually. Yeah, it's been all right.
1: That good? Yeah,
0: yeah it's been top. <laughs> uh, now it's just been it's been a busy few weeks for us, isn't it? So I haven't really had a huge amount of opportunity to watch any cricket.
1: It weird. Should we talk about the beach guys? Yeah, that's it let so a bit of a quick plug. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the reason why episodes of The World Creek Show have in the last couple of months been a, a little bit more infrequent. We've got a book out. Me and Tony and London correspondent Gordon McRae uh, have got a book out, The Guernsey Beach Guide. Uh, now, I, I appreciate that Guernsey's beaches aren't necessarily of urgent interest to our listeners in Australia and America and so on, but nonetheless, you know, this is, this is what we've been doing it's been fun, hasn't it? It's yeah, project. project, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we brought
0: it out at the start of December. And we pulled it together, having written it a number of years ago. Uh, we actually decided to just to sort it out and get it released. So, yeah, we brought it together quite quickly, which is why we haven't had a huge amount of time to do any podcasting. Uh, yeah, it's in all the good local shops. It's available online. But you should do, you should and check
1: out. we're walking it at a stall yeah. on Thursday nights, well, aren't we? Which Market is stall. Actually hilarious. Like Delboy and Rodney. It's like The Apprentice. Decide which one is which. <laughs> uh, it is like, the apprentice. It is like the, apprentice. It's it's the apprentice. Exactly like The Apprentice. We're smelling what's selling. It's brilliant. I do keep worrying. Like I keep waking up in the middle of the night, worried about how I'm going to justify my decisions in the boardroom.
0: I mean, I wouldn't have kept you on this long in the process. <laughs> uh, I'd have probably got rid of you. Earlier on, the,
1: yeah, we were laughing because we went to the printers to choose our materials and stuff. I just, I just kept turning around expecting to see Nick Hewer shaking his head. <coughs> They've wasted so much time at the printers. Uh, but yeah, it has been, it's been a really fun thing to do. Uh, but yeah, it has been kind of taking up, well, certainly all of my time. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and you've been you've been chipping in as well, Tone, so that's been good. We well, did, I've just been, you know... <laughs> we, did, we did a book signing the other day uh, at one of the local bookshops, uh, and it was... Well, it was meant to start at 12, but I was at work. This was on Saturday. I was at work. I knew that I wouldn't be able to get there until 12 on the dot. So I sort of I asked you, I would messaged you and said, could you get there a little bit early, like 15, 20 minutes early, just so that they you know, know that we're coming and you can sort of help set it what? up and stuff. Uh, and you completely ignored me, so then at half, half 11 I texted you again and said screen as in you're, you've screened me there uh, and then you turned up after me at two as well you,
0: you, you misled me uh, well no what happened is, I got there at five two well no
1: because I, I saw that you hadn't replied I was like well he's obviously not coming so I actually I left work earlier than I should have done to make sure that I got good, there early and good. then you turned up I, and I said I said that you'd screened me and you said well it wasn't really a screen it was just I knew I wasn't going to be able to get there at that time, so I thought it was probably better to ignore it than to get into a big thing about it. So yeah. Like, well, that is exactly what a screen is. <laughs> That's literally the definition of a screen. I oh, didn't hold us back, though.
0: Got there on time. Did the business. Yeah,
1: signed, the got books, got signed yeah. a letter. Got out.
0: Yeah. Put pen to paper.
1: And it's been getting. it has been going really well. Uh, but, yeah, like I say, I, I do understand that perhaps Guernsey's beaches aren't. Yeah, aren't the thing that people are most interested in in uh, in other parts of the world but you know if you want to know a little bit more about this place that we're always talking about or you just want to support the two of us in our wacky ventures uh, then you know go ahead and buy yourself a little copy guernseybeachguide.com uh, is where you need to go you can order a copy there and like us on facebook at facebook.com slash guernsey beach guernsey is spelled g-u-e-r-n-s-e-y
0: I'd, I'd definitely have a look check it out
1: and that's just uh, an impartial member of the public there Tony Kerr <laughs> um, he reckons it's really good yeah I do think it is so yeah definitely check it out have a look um, so that's about it for this week I think uh, having just plugged the book I'm not going to plug a load of other stuff like our Facebook page which is facebook.com slash cricket show uh, you can follow us on Twitter the show is at cricket show I'm at Adam one 12 and Tony is at Tony t-o-n-y-c-v double r uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Uh, write a review for us on iTunes. There's a really long list of stuff for people to do, isn't it? And the other big thing... Of course, this is demanding of you, I think. The other this big, is getting demanding. The other big plug uh, is uh, if you're doing your shopping on amazon.co.uk, go first of all to cricketshow.net. That's our website. And there's a little button there, uh, a little Amazon button. And if you click that... It takes you to the regular Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but whatever you buy, uh, we get a little bit of a kickback, uh, and we do really appreciate all of those. So if you're doing some last-minute Christmas shopping, perhaps buying a Guernsey Beach Guide, oh no, you can't get those on Amazon. Um, yeah, just just follow that link there, and we'd really appreciate it. What are you doing for Christmas this year, Tony?
0: Uh, chilling, doing Christmassy stuff, feasting.
1: You're away, aren't you? I am away actually. Yeah, so this will be the last episode of 2014. I'm sorry to say because yeah yeah we are well I say we you're not coming. I'm away. Didn't get the invite for Christmas uh, and New Year uh, in New York of all places. Like the movies. Uh, which is it's going to be just like the movies. Right? <laughs> uh, it's going to be like that movie Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Uh, so which is very exciting. Um, but yeah it's
0: going to be very exciting.
1: We actually are travelling on Christmas Eve. Which is going to be really stressful. You know, like I'm leaving work like right before we go. I'm anxious about the journey because it's going to be so stressful. So that's the thing I'm thinking about. Well, I'm don't really get anxious about, about it. Oh, yeah, I am wondering solution. what was the point of Bucky this holiday? <laughs> it's
0: just stressing me out. Yeah. Don't get anxious about it. Just oh, thanks. chill
1: out. Yeah. Just... Well, no, no, you put it like that.
0: <laughs> just, uh, just see how it goes. You'll be all right. You'll be fine.
1: I'm worried about fog. I'm worried about wind. I'm worried about rain. I'm worried about strikes you know I'm worried that the coach well will you're be right, to be right to be because the they're all a very
0: realistic possibility <laughs> it's true yeah.
1: they really are fog would be the worst one. Oh god don't even don't yeah. even well do this this
0: like, last Christmas I was supposed to do a football commentary on boxing day
1: last Christmas I gave you my heart
0: <laughs> yeah for <laughs> uh, the very next day th- <laughs> you gave it away I don't know what I did with that actually
1: Last Christmas, sorry, last Christmas. Last, last
0: Christmas I gave you a World Show t-shirt. The very next <laughs> day, you gave it away to the charity shop.
1: There, you sorry, you were. Doing sorry, no, I was commentary. supposed
0: to do a football commentary on Boxing Day, uh, and because of the insufferable period of the postponements and whatnot, it was like oh, you know, pitch inspection on Christmas Day. So I would have had to get the early flight, so get up at kind of probably quarter to five on Boxing Day morning. Uh, I didn't fight. I didn't tell anyone it was postponed until about five o'clock on Christmas Day. By which time I'd, you know, a lot of the booze had already been drunk. Yeah, the fear, it wasn't, you know, it just it wasn't conducive to a relaxing Christmas day. But this year, this year no pressure. Taking the whole week off to nice. accommodate it. Yeah. Very
1: nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Like I literally, because last Christmas I gave you my heart. Like last Christmas I didn't have much time off at all. I had, you know, literally just Christmas Day, Boxing Day. So, the, the first thing I did, January 2nd this year, I booked this time off over Christmas. And I've been looking forward to it. And it's, like, <laughs> it's really depressing. Yeah, yeah. Because then someone said to me, someone at work said, Oh, I was looking at the dates for next year. It falls so well. Like, Christmas falls really well. Uh, you know, it means we're going to get a long weekend. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <like> Christmas 2024. <laughs> looking brilliant, yeah, just the way. God, life
1: is miserable, isn't it? Anyway, on that note, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and we'll see you. Next year,
0: should we make it? What's our resolution? Is our resolution to do an episode of the podcast every week?
1: Well, I don't know about every week, but more frequent has been in the last few months, I think. Yeah, we need to adjust that. From all of us to all of you. (laughs) From everyone here at the World Creator Show. Uh, From Ariana Grande. I think it's uh, just
0: Ariana Grande. Is it? Yeah.
1: See, I don't know, (laughs) Tony. Ariana Grande. (laughs) (laughs) From Ariana Grande. Right,
0: that's Uh, your. your, I think uh, I can't actually talk about news resolutions because I haven't kept mine. For the last four or five years, but I'm going to impose a resolution on you, is that next year uh, you listen to a new pop artist every week <laughs> and then a reviewer on the podcast
1: at the end. Robin Thicke. <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah that would be a good segment yeah but then, not particularly cricket well if I do that then you have to read a book every week as well oh, it's much easier to listen to a that. pop song then. when we were in the bookshop the other day you were like what have you read Are you, any recommendations <laughs> Like, gave <if> you a you were like sounds great wrote it down and everything re- like that is obviously not going to happen oh, that's so annoying right it's new read a book new days. in 2015 new years. Read, just read a book you've still got time before the end of 2014 yeah I uh-huh, have actually all right well yeah, let's wrap up shall we? Stay in school everyone. have a very merry Christmas. Bye for now the Envoy We're all
0: the way by. And the are for Christmas day